Welcome to the podcast today. I'm Mark Zinkowitz, and I'm happy to be your host. As you know, the U.S. election is just a couple of weeks away. I'm joined today by Michelle Klieger, editorial director for SeedWorld Pro and an economist based in Massachusetts. Thank you so much for joining me today, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy our conversations. Michelle, this is definitely a big topic right now in your world, I'm sure, in terms of the United States trade relationship with Canada and the effects it has on agriculture and the seed industry. What is top of mind for you right now? It wouldn't be a you know, week at the end of October in an election year if this wasn't the topic of conversation. So I think that you know one of the biggest shifts is this inward-facing America that we've seen. Um, whether it's, you know, a large focus on buy American goods, whether it's changing old free trade agreements, pulling out of free trade agreements, um, and a really a big increase in tariffs. So I'd say that it's a conversation shift from almost 1945 when we really set up the world order, when the Allied powers after World War II set up this world order of in increasing trade between countries until just a few years ago when we saw a huge reversal in that. And so to me, I think that that's really one of the biggest questions um, when looking at agriculture because it is so trade dependent, especially for big exporters like the United States and Canada, uh, about what these two administrations might mean and how they might tackle international trade and um, potentially increase or decrease markets for their respective industries. Now, before we talk about the two potential administrations, can you give us a snapshot of how this protectionism that we've seen over the last four years has impacted agriculture, specifically the seed industry, because that's something that I think tends to get lost in this conversation. We talk about, well, what would a Trump administration mean? What would a Biden administration mean? But how have these industries, how have farmers, how has the seed industry, agriculture in general, actually been impacted over the last four years? It's really a mindset shift. And so when you're thinking about the seed industry and you're looking at substantial investment, on the short end, we're talking, you know, seven to 10 years of research investment in new varieties, with some crops being much longer than that. Um, so if you're growing, if you're looking at where you're going to put your R&D dollars, for the you know previous decades, companies have really looked at investing in genetics that perform well in strong agriculture areas where they're going to grow the best. And so really assuming that we're going to grow the food in the places that we're good at doing it and trade it to other parts of the world. So putting my uh, economist hat on, we would be looking for those comparative advantages. Unfortunately, or the shift that I guess is happening right now is companies are considering whether that makes the most sense without free trade, with, with more barriers to trade being erected and less dispute mechanisms available to solve the problems, companies have to think about where the end product is going to be. And so you're going to want to make sure that you're breeding for an environment where, or a country 
where that crop is going to be needed. So that long-term investment and how the globe is looking at free trade does have a serious impact on the seed industry. Now, turning to these two potential administrations, let's say on November 3rd, Donald Trump wins another four years. What, what does that mean for, for agriculture and specifically the, the trade relationship that the United States has with Canada? I think that my, the way that I would characterize the current relationship um, is strained and much more strained than it has been between the United States and Canada in, in a very long time. Um, and so, you know, we have, we have renegotiated NAFTA into USMCA, as we Americans call it. Um, we have, you know, even on the day that that agreement went into force, there were new steel and aluminum for tariffs erected against or enacted against Canada. Um, and so that what is going to happen next, that reduction of free trade, that changing of agreements, that I think that those problem, those situations will continue to arise. Um, I think that one of the things that Trump brought to the table and resonated with a lot of people was that he wasn't a diplomat and that he wasn't going to play the general diplomatic games that world leaders are used to. And so by throwing that playbook out, I think that it's been an adjustment for um, world leaders, including, you know, the Canadian prime minister. And so by seeing, I would expect to see a continuation of that, of looking for outside of the box or less traditional avenues to resolve conflicts. Um, and then, then we have seen before. We also so, you know, in part because of COVID or almost entirely because of COVID, have seen the U.S. and Canadian border closed for six months now, um, with it doesn't sound like that border is going to open anytime soon besides for essential businesses. And hundreds of thousands of people cross the border for work constantly. And so those strains will continue and without coordination, I think that they'll be harder to resolve. Now, Joe Biden, let's say he defeats Trump in the, the November 3rd election. He gets four years as president. What does that mean? Something tells me that the protectionism and all this other stuff that we've seen come into effect over the last four years isn't just going to reverse itself overnight. I'm thinking it's probably a little bit more complicated than that. Can you enlighten us a little bit as to what you think uh, a Joe Biden administration means for, for the United States and its, its relationship with Canada? Sure. I think that there are two pieces. So one, I think there will be a normalization of relationship. So a lot of the channels and partnerships that the United States and Canada have traditionally um, experienced and worked on, I, I think will be restored. So that improved coordination, I think will return. I would expect to see a reduction in tariffs against Canada. Um, and other allies. I would say that the protectionism 
I think it will stay longer, but I really feel like it will be focused more on China. Uh, and the Democrats have been historically more critical on China than the Republicans. So I would expect the Chinese tariffs to remain or remain at a much higher level than the tariffs on our allies. And one of the places where these two ideas come together is that um, when we look at th that there would be more coordinated efforts between the United States and Canada in dealing with China or using tariffs or other measures to uh, push back on Chinese behaviors. So um, with the with the canola tariffs that Canada's facing, right? Canada has responded by itself to China and this pressure from China. The United States has also responded to Chinese behaviors with our own tariffs. And so one of the things I would expect to see is the government's coordinating and putting pressure in the same way to have a stronger influence. My other thought is that, so you, you may be aware that the United States has stopped appointing judges to the uh, World Trade Organization's appellate body. Um, and so in December, there, were, there are no longer enough judges for the appellate body to um, make decisions. And the United States and Canada, especially in agriculture, do have a number of cases that make it through the WTO process. Um, I think famously country of origin um, labeling has been a huge issue, but even right now there are other cases, one including softwood. So not necessarily a seed issue, but having an outside functioning body to help with dispute resolution, um, again, is another way that we would see a return to normalcy and a return to potentially, you know, having free trade, but also encouraging fair trade. And so I would expect Biden to put judges back on the court or at least, you know, move the appellate body forward so that it could function and mediate. Um, and I think the other big one for the United States and Canada is Biden has signaled an interest in for in joining the revised um, the comprehensive. It oh, is it is a long one. The Canada European Union Comprehensive Economic and Trade Agreement or CETA. Right, the new uh, tra Trans Pacific Partnership that the other countries went forward with without the United States, and so there might be tweaks or changes, but by and large, I think that there could be some movement in that front, which would include both the Canada, the United States and Mexico. So it would add on to the new agreements that have been finalized this year or enacted this year. But mostly for the seed industry, we have a lot of non-tariff barriers. We have a lot of technical barriers to trade. We have a lot of, you know, work that needs to be done to help those seeds move across the border. We are a smaller industry on the global scale, but we are a high value industry. And so that ability for governments to have bilaterals and talk about seed treatment approvals and 
you know, genetics and, you know, what a variety registration looks like and those issues to facilitate the movement of seed across border is really important. And so having those parts of the government's function where they can meet and help facilitate trade, while it's not a tariff and it's not a tax on trade, technical barriers to trade are a big impact or challenge for the seed industry. And so the ability to solve those moving forward with either administration, I think is important for the seed industry. Yeah, well, and all of this, it's funny, all of this is really to say nothing of of the pandemic, which has really uh, added a whole different element to, to all of this, which, uh, you know, this time, this time last year, uh, nobody was really anticipating that that COVID-19 would even be be a thing and so uh, that I guess just serves to to complicate uh, any discussion about this I'm thinking. It, it is the one I mean I think that it's probably the number one topic everywhere in the world um, you know for good reason and so I that has shifted the conversation and we have seen in New Zealand it had a huge impact on the election um, and so it'll be interesting to see you know, we ha- in New Zealand, it had a huge impact on the election. And now in other countries like Nigeria and Thailand, we're seeing, you know, much more government strength through lockdowns and so forth. So, I mean, it is a difficult time to be a world leader for sure. Um, and so maybe it is, you know, timely that the United States is having elections and, uh, you know, there is the opposition and the potential vote today in in Canada. So, I mean, the situation has changed and, you know, maybe we need leaders with different solutions or the same solutions or the problems we have today just aren't what we had a year ago. Exactly. No, I think that's a really good point to end on. So thank you so much, Michelle, for your time today and stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you very much. Great talking to you as always. For more great podcasts, visit germination.ca.